1: Welcome to this week's play by play of the Hang Time Podcast. Joining us now, TNT analyst Kevin McHale. Well, I tell you what, for Vikings fans, Green Bay playing the Bears is like do you want to get hung or do you want to get shot? With your host, Galius Anderson, sucks it down behind his head. Seku Smith. And Lang Whitaker. The NBA's Executive Vice President of Basketball, President Stu Jackson, is joining us now on the podcast. I wanted to ask you, Stu, when players see you coming, do they get out of the way now? No, the worst thing that happened to me was uh, caller ID. Sports editor of the nation, Dave Cyrus. Only the Knicks, for $100 million, would sign somebody with one eye and two microfracture surgeries. But shut my mouth, he's our most important New York Jew since Woody Allen. Now it's time for the tip-off. Hangtime Podcast, playoff edition. Sekou Smith from the Hangtime Vlog at NBA.com. My cohort in crime, Lang Whitaker. There we go. New York, Lang, playoff crazy, playoff madness. Uh, you know, can't get enough of it. Previewing all the series, breaking them all down for you with special guests here on the podcast. And we are talking number one seed in the Eastern Conference and the overall top dog in the playoff field, the Chicago Bulls against the indiana pacers who better to talk to about all of this than our good man steve ashburner of nba.com ash should we even buy i mean is this thing gonna last long enough for you to to even unpack your bag <laughs> or you know seriously i mean are the pacers for real i, I saw danny granger talking a little yang about yeah we want the bulls and that's who we want i mean is he has he not watched the bulls play since the all-star break
0: you know i i think that um and by the way, thanks for having me on, guys. And, and yeah, I don't think that the Bulls will win this in three. So I will be unpacking in Indianapolis.
1: All right, just checking.
0: Yeah, but the um, I don't. You know what? I, I'm not sure Danny Granger's in, in any position to be uh, uh, to be acting like this. On the other hand, um, I kind of get his point. I think that I think that he is showing that, that, that the quotes I saw gave. Boston, I think, a little more veteran respect and a nod to what they've done and and, and how they've been involved in the playoffs the past you know three years, um, and and it, to me it was more that that they are a a multi-headed um, ogre compared to <laughs> Chicago's one-headed monster, and and so I think that you know Granger I think was expressing what what any critics of the Chicago Bulls that are out there might feel that. That, yeah, they really played great as a team, but, you know, if, if, if you control or slow down or contain or stop Derek Rose, what have they got coming at you, really? And it all starts with Rose, and, and many times it finishes with Rose. And so, you know, he went ahead and said it. Well, I saw a quote from Reggie Miller saying... That's good. He said it. Now he's got to back it up. He <laughs> better get it done Isn't, now. You know, they, they beat Chicago in the final meeting of the four this year. Right. Um, it was the only meeting that, that Frank Vogel's been the coach of the Pacers, so mm-hmm. that's a array that's a, a of optimism, I would guess, for, mm-hmm. for Indiana. On the other hand, it took overtime with Chicago at the tail end of a back-to-back with Rose fouling out. Um, You know, you could stack up all sorts of uh, (laughs) qualifiers as to why that that happened, and um, this is, you know, these teams have way different agendas right now. Um, The one thing Indiana doesn't have going for it is that Chicago hasn't overlooked anything this season, and they're not going to overlook a first-round series. And isn't this uh, isn't that kind of easier easier said than done? You know, you stop Derrick Rose, you can stop the Bulls. Well, <laughs> that's a great point too. Who's gonna, who's gonna be the first to do that this season? Yeah, it. Uh, I, a, a Chicago writer uh, responded to that by saying, you know, that's like saying you can you can avoid this coming heat wave if you can just turn off the sun. <laughs> and I think that there's there's something to be said. You know, Rose is murder on big players and small. He gets in between and underneath the big guys. He gets you know, and he's strong enough to, to push his way by the, the little guys. Um, he is incredibly resilient and, and and way more focused than than almost anybody involved in these playoffs and, and anybody around the Chicago Bulls. You know, Derrick Rose I didn't make too big a deal about it, but I remember on media day when he said, "Well, why shouldn't I be the MVP? Why can't I be the MVP?" And he All had right. grand plans for himself and his team. And and he's normally such a low-key guy; it didn't even sound like braggadocio. You know, oh, yeah. it sounded like well, I don't know what he's thinking about. You know, he better get to work. Just 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 learn your new coach and play this game. And and nobody nobody thought of him as an MVP candidate, but but right now he's the MVP favorite and and very likely the winner, and and he seems to know things about himself on a basketball court that that everybody else is a little late to uh, to catch on to.
1: Yeah, that's a great point, Ash. Do, do you think a lot of the Bulls' single-minded focus, just about staying the course and being you know locked into whatever the is ahead of them, is a credit to Tom Thibodeau and the job he's done because. It seems like for a long time this season, nobody was talking about him for coach of the year. And then all of a sudden the steam picks up for Rose's MVP campaign and sort of in the wake of that, that comes this, Hey, what about Thibodeau and the job he's done? Shouldn't he be, you know, a candidate for coach of the year? I thought he did a fantastic job early on, just coming in and, and turning the whole complexion of that team around and making them a defensive minded bunch. But really the management, of all of the things that come along with being a head coach for the first time, to me, is pretty impressive on his part.
0: I agree with you, Sekou, and and, and that's exactly right. There's other good candidates for coach of the year. Uh, Thibodeau, to me, is, is, is their equal at least, and, and then it's a matter of taste. Um, but, you know, there, there's a, a couple of things that work. I mean, that he could come in and just almost presume that what worked for the coaching staff in Boston headed up by Doc Rivers in terms of, you know, Unyielding demands on uh, main guys. Well, that's one thing when these guys are you know 30 years old, right. and, and they've they've sort of sown the wild oats, and now they, oh okay, I guess it is time to get a trophy. And you know, but it's another thing to come and do that with the, the your team's best players 22 years old, and you've got like seven new faces, and there's no real accountability or, or pecking order, and, and they could have easily said, well, this is an assistant coach. He's coming in here reading us the riot act. He thinks he's Doc, uh, Doc Popovich or, or Greg Rivers or something here. And, you know, what's his, what's his uh, credential to be, to be right. demanding all of this stuff? So, Vibido has been, I guess, in a coaching basketball X and O sense or, or even just a, a relationship sense, a genius with this team to challenge them on a nightly basis. And, and he really has been able to, to not let them almost enjoy this, you know, <laughs> if, if, you know to, to, to put it that way. But, you know, in you know, the NBA and, and players, you know, allow themselves to be coached in, in many cases. And had there been a great deal of resistance, you know, even if they tried to break that up or fix that, it would have cost them valuable time um, Derek Rose bought into Thibodeau's uh, creed from the start. He is such a dynamic force on the floor and so respected by his teammates off it. I'm not saying he's, a, he's a, uh, a boisterous guy in the locker room or anything like that. He he leads by example, but they so realize how important he is that they're not going to challenge if, if Hey, if it's good enough for Derek, it's good enough for the rest of these guys. And, and you know they've they've sort of met Thibodeau in the middle, I think, and and they deserve credit too, for for Thibodeau being allowed to come in and be this wonk, be this grind, be this um, you know impossible to please kind of a guy. You'd think that would get tiresome over the course of, of of seven or eight months, and and they don't show. They laugh a little bit about it, you know, about some of the the blue language he'll use in the heat of the moment, or that he'll be objecting to a to a 47 foot runner by by. Uh, Jameer Nelson on Sunday that, oh, Derek, you know, you, you need to defend that better. Fluky shot. But they laugh about it, but but next thing you know, they're defending that shot. They're, they're listening. <laughs> uh,
1: Steve, Steve, we're not going
0: to let you go before you give us your uh, prediction for the series. Uh, so I already said it's not going to win. In th- they're not going to be over in three. Um, I actually think that uh, I think it's Chicago in five. Um, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Indiana were to, to win not not just one of the games in indiana but maybe one of the games in chicago i think this is a new experience for the bulls hmm. um they're going to learn as they go through these playoffs however far that they're able to go and you know that it, it seems like eh, you know what they may have to learn that all that hard work all season long you can lose home court within a game or two and and you're right back to square one so uh, but i can't see it going
1: longer than five that's good enough for me, Ash. I. Uh... I definitely am gonna uh, hopefully get a chance to walk the streets of Chicago at some point through these playoffs. Um, so I'm I'm gonna expect you to to be my tour guide and make sure I don't go in any neighborhoods or any places I shouldn't. All right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, all the ones I don't go to and
1: a few more. No, I I
0: uh, I'll be glad to have you. I'll be glad to. Uh, host uh Seiko. I hope that the Bulls are in it long enough because that
1: means a little less uh, hotel living for me. You better believe it, man. We appreciate it. Steve Ashburner, NBA.com joining us to break it down, the Bulls and the Pacers in the first round series. Thank you so much, Steve. Anytime, guys. All right. Thanks, Steve. Lang, I, I, I think uh, he, he Steve raised a good point and, uh, and we'll wrap it up here um, on that 1-8 series in Eastern Conference, but the Bulls, they haven't been through the experience of playing in the you know, in, in the role of favorite. This is going to be their mm-hmm. first time really being the hunted. And if Indiana surprises them in one of those first two games, it could be very interesting. Yep. The Hangtime Podcast Playoff Specials. Check it all out at NBA.com. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast. To download more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. Be sure to check out the Hangtime blog on NBA.com. And for more of Lang, visit SlamOnline.com follow Sekou and Lang on Twitter at SekouSmithNBA and Lang with it. The Smyrna Spartans have yet to get on Twitter but we'll let you know when they do.